Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is James Katecki, VP of Brand at Infinia ML and host of the company's talk show and podcast, Machine Meets World. James, great to have you on my show. Well, it's so great to be here. And uh, for those of you who are watching the video version of this, this is a little bit of a change of pace from my usual background. I am in my closet. There is a feather boa behind me, <laughs> but I'm living my best podcast life because I think this is better acoustically than most of the stuff that I actually do. So it's, I'm happy to be here and really excited to have a conversation from my closet. I love that. Podcasting from the closet. That would be yes. a cool podcast. I think I think so. And I think I was watching uh, the trailer for the show Only Murders in the Building, which I've not seen, but apparently is very good on Hulu mm. with Steve Martin and Martin Short. And oh. they do a podcast from the closet in the trailer of that show. So it's definitely, oh, really? a, a, it's definitely a trending thing. I've done a podcast from the closet. <laughs> in fact, back in the day, I remember I once locked myself inside a closet while oh. filming a podcast. I had to kick the door open. That's dedication. Dedication to the craft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was impressed that I could actually kick the door open. It's good to know that I can do that if I ever need to do it again. Desperation it makes people do crazy things. They got that adrenaline. <laughs> well, yeah. All right. So tell us about Infinia ML. What do you guys do? Infinia ML is a startup that's been around for about four years. And we are a collection of data scientists and machine learning experts and engineers that use the power of those skills to help companies with documents to automate pieces of their document processing workflow and then use the resulting data that we've essentially, we call it uh, data liquidity. You take documents that are unstructured and you turn them into more liquid data, like how you turn you know illiquid financial assets into more usable liquid forms. We take unstructured uh, documents and turn them into more liquid data so that then you can use that data and do interesting things with it, like make predictions or find insights about your business. So we do this for healthcare companies and uh, legal and compliance entities and other kind of technology operations firms. It's, you know, I'm the head of communication, so I'm always working on ways to make that explanation mm -hmm. a little bit tighter. I hope I did okay, but I'm happy to dive into any parts of that that we need more explanation on. No, I thought, I thought that was pretty good, you know, and we'll put okay. a link to the company uh, in the show notes so, puke, so folks can check it out if they want to learn more. But for, for this interview, I want to talk about your podcast and you yes. as the host of the podcast. So again, the show is called Machine Meets World, and where you interview AI thought leaders primarily. Yes. So first, what compelled you guys to start a podcast? Well, I think a lot of people had the experience of living in the pandemic and working in the pandemic and having an opportunity to try new things, reach out to new people, but try and do it in a creative way. So that was certainly the mandate to me. It was the summer of 2020. And my boss said, hey, just find some creative ways to uh, get the word out, to do some marketing. And podcasting and making shows is kind of my default method of moving through life. I started making a show, making shows on the internet in, I'm wearing my Georgetown uh, sweater appropriately enough. But when I was an undergraduate, I started making uh, a show on YouTube about, at that point, presidential candidates, politicians who were themselves mm. using YouTube in their campaigns, which in 2007 was very novel. Right. Yeah. And so I've been making shows on the internet ever since. I've done, you know, several podcasts, several video series, you know, in starting in politics, but moving over into more tech related areas as well. 
And so it's just kind of my natural default go-to and I have the, the muscle, uh, the muscle memory to be able to kind of get the wheels of a podcast turning, you know, uh, very well that it's not just something that you can kind of flick on. If you're going to yeah. start a podcast, it's like a weeks long process of like getting everything booked and arranged and getting it all set up. But I, I started the wheels turning once again, and it's become a, it's become a great opportunity for us to have conversations with a lot of interesting people in and adjacent to our space. So we, we are now closing out. I think I'm going to say this is the end of season three. Of course, when you're a podcaster, the seasons are just arbitrary things that you make up yourself. But I see (laughs) three definitive periods for the show. And as we move into season four, I I think we're uh, very well positioned to have more great conversations in the future. Okay. So what's the value for you guys in having these conversations with these AI leaders? Like how, how, what's the Mm -hmm. business value of the podcast? Well, it's been something that we've kind of discovered and honed as we've gone along. And in season one, I was having conversations with AI leaders across a huge spectrum of of companies, Um, not just companies either, but academics, sometimes journalists, but mostly business leaders, but doing all kinds of things with all kinds of different types of data, solving all different kinds of business challenges. And as our company uh, mission and focus has evolved to be more focused around document processing, so too did our guest list kind of evolve to get a little bit more tightly focused in that area. And so it's been a great content generation engine for us since day Mm -hmm. one as a way of generating marketing and, and brand content. But as a way of generating and strengthening relationships, it's only gotten better over time as our focus on who the guest should be has also focused, you know, related to uh, the mission focus that we have had. So Mm -hmm. it's funny. I think you've probably found this. When you have a podcast, you can legitimately reach out to a lot of people and ask them to be on your show and and have conversations like the kind that you're having with me right now that wouldn't necessarily fit into just a conversation that you would just have, you know, but the fact that it's being broadcast and the fact that it's a podcast Mm -hmm. means that people are interested in talking to you. So we found great value in strengthening and building relationships and not just building relationships with people that we might want to talk to, but strengthening relationships with existing clients and partners as well. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I and I think part of the alchemy there is that when you reach out to invite someone on your podcast, it's not a sell. You know, it's not a pitch. Exactly. Even exactly. you know they'll go to your website and make the connection. Like, oh, okay, this is part of a marketing strategy. But still, it's not. It's fundamentally different than can I have fifteen minutes of your time to demo yes. our software? Yes, right. I'm never selling Infinia either. You know in the request to be on the show or in the show itself, it's typically a way to make the guest look good. I'm typically yeah. working with PR people too. So, I mean, I'm, I, I can say, honestly, look, I'm a marketer, this is marketing. So my incentive is to make something that everybody in this conversation wants to share. And that's mm-hmm. been great because you know, then the, the people that I'm interviewing oftentimes do share it and sometimes share it multiple times is we not only have the original live conversation on LinkedIn Live that then gets turned into a podcast, but also an opportunity to share it again when we turn it into a, a post, you know, a blog post or an article about that thing. And then you can share that again. And we hope yeah. that it just becomes something that they repeatedly want to share, just kind of goes into their content marketing cadence because it was a good conversation that allowed their insights and their thought leadership to flourish. Yeah. And I mean, if they're a prospect for you now that you've collaborated with them and developed this kind of working relationship, there's a much better chance that they might mm-hmm. turn into a customer, not a guarantee, obviously, but you at least you know them now and they know you. And, and we've had some education about that as well. Our director of marketing, my colleague initially, when she came on board, 
was very perceptive and and she had the idea look this is probably better suited if you're thinking about you know from a pro- prospecting perspective this is probably better suited to not even necessarily direct clients but potential partners for us mm-hmm. so we have a big partner channel selling strategy at Advinia ML where we're going through a lot of different partners and making connections because what we're doing is oftentimes best suited to be plugged into a larger system of digital transformation or automation where we can provide a crucial component and in that sense, the people that we're talking to, I'm, you know, it's, it's even less, you know, that I'm necessarily selling them because even if there is a partnership conversation that happens later, that too is, you know, potentially very mutually beneficial. Right. And so in season three, we've really focused on people, you know, many of the guests are folks that we, you know, are or would like to potentially partner with. Not that I even sell them necessarily on that, but it just provides the first, the first beachhead, if you will, for a very open, casual conversation for them to get to know us. And then if someone else from my company reaches out to someone else on their team, they can say, hey, I saw that you had a conversation with our VP of brand and it seemed like it went pretty well. Would you like to talk? And in my opinion, that's a heck of a lot better than just going into a conversation like that cold. Yeah, or a cold email that no one's going to read or answer, yeah, most likely. Exactly. So I, I really like that, you know, what you've learned about podcasting and kind of how your strategy has evolved. And you know, if I'm hearing you correctly, it really sounds like one of the keys to being successful with podcasting is, in fact, having a strategy, having a goal, having metrics that you can measure, even as, as those change over time, that's fine. But having an actual business strategy, <laughs> as opposed to just, this seems cool, let's record some stuff and see what happens. I would say that that's true. But I, in our case, I think we kind of did it in reverse order where I, I'm pretty good at making shows on the internet, or at least I have a, a, a little bit of experience doing that. So that was my go-to default when it was time for us to do something creative in marketing. And it was initially kind of successful, but as I said, we found more and more success as we focused over time. And yeah, and the, the mission of the podcast, you know, through, you know, again, the insight from my director of marketing and just the experience of doing the show has kind of revealed itself as to what the podcast mm. is best suited to do and, and the best way for it to be a tool. Also, as it's been socialized to other people on the sales team and the marketing team and the company mm-hmm. at large, people may be suggesting people that might be on the show or if there's somebody that we want to reach out to or solidify a relationship with, my first question will typically be, well, well does it make sense for me to invite them onto the show? Yeah, And so people's general awareness of this as a tool has flourished as well. So I... I don't know if my advice to people would necessarily be, hey, first have a really clear mission and understanding of it, because it wasn't exactly my experience. It was basically mm. the fact that I was so passionate about doing it. And we, I, I just had a really strong intuition that there was something there. And over time, we've kind of carved out what that thing is for us. Okay. Okay. I, I see what you're saying. I guess sometimes with some channels, something like podcasting, you, you haven't done it before. Yeah. It's not like there's, you know, it's so ubiquitous in the business world that there's already tons of data. Sometimes you just have to try things with the intention. I think at least you have to have the curiosity and intention of let's do this and then look at it and figure out how best to use it. And iterate. And I I would say, look, it it probably would have been better for us to have a clear sense of what we wanted the podcast (laughs) to do from the beginning. I'm not saying that that's, that's not a good idea for us at least for me, I'm just being really honest. It was just led a lot by initially by my passion for understanding that this is something that I can create some content of pretty decent quality and I can get some pretty interesting names because again, I had done these kind of interviews before. Mm -hmm. So when I was reaching out, I wasn't reaching out cold either. I was saying, you know, I wasn't, you know, 
trying to mislead anyone. I mean, I, but, but you know, I could say, look, on previous podcasts, on previous shows and other venues, I've done interviews with this kind of a person. So mm-hmm. I think that means that other people who are like that would, would, would trust me. And another you know, piece of advice to people, I don't know if this is a, an advice nugget kind of an interview, but the, if you start with, you, you can kind of build up just a couple of interviews with people and then show other people that and, and, and make yourself pretty decently credible to interview them as yeah. well. So people that you might think, oh, they're way too senior or they're way too busy or they'd never be able to, they'd never you know, deign to do a conversation with me. I think you'd be surprised if you just interview the people that you are able to interview and then kind of build up your credibility from there. You can kind of climb the climb the ladder of credibility, as it were, and, and end up interviewing some really top, interesting people. And another thing we can talk about if you want, and I don't want to just make this a filibuster, is <laughs> I get pitched a lot by folks now. There's a lot of inbound because people know that we're a show. And so mm. now it's 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 kind of like inbound sales, um, except that they're pitching not you know, they don't want to be our client, but they want to be a guest on the show. Yeah. And that makes it a lot easier too, because now I get to sort through people that I think might be relevant rather than having to do it all proactively. Right. Yeah. I I totally agree. We get that too. A lot of like pitches for guests on the show. And and which is which is cool. I mean, that's one sign that like, oh, okay, people know the show exists and are mm-hmm. like checking it out and see it as a legitimate thing. And I think you're a hundred percent right. I think a like one of the fears early on is, well, who's going to want to come on this? Like, you know, if a, a, a new podcast that no one knows about, you know, but I found that I think you're a hundred percent right. All you need is a handful of episodes, like legitimate episodes for people to check out. And then they'll be like, oh, okay, this is real. People yeah. like me have been on here and okay, sure. What's the worst that can happen? You know? Yeah. And people sometimes ask about, well, what's the reach of the show? And my honest answer is, well, it kind of depends on how you, the guest, are, are able to promote it. We've yeah. seen we've seen incredible, you know, traction on but LinkedIn is is our most important channel for us, certainly the, the yeah. metrics that I care about the most. But it's it's we've seen some incredible engagement when the guest posts it, when the company mm-hmm. the company channel posts it for the, you know, the, the the guests organization that they're affiliated with. We've seen some great traction there. And if you view this as, look, what we're doing is creating a piece of content marketing for you, who wouldn't want to you know, take that opportunity to have a free chance at doing that? Especially if, again, yeah. you can show from other examples that this is legitimate and it's going to create an opportunity for your stakeholder to look good. So how do you guys measure how well the podcast is doing at any given time? Well, I think you can look at the metrics, you know, you, you can look at the traditional kind of audience metrics or kind of engagement on LinkedIn or other things like that. But for us and for me, it's really become more about the relationships than anything else. Mm-hmm. More the relationships and the, and you know the content overall. How I feel about it as a as a content marketing generation piece. With you know if if I'm able to keep that fire burning for our marketing and social folks and keep feeding them good stuff. And not mm-hmm. only not only for you know here's the post and then here's a blog post a few weeks later. And, you know, then here's a white paper that we can make with 10 interviews combined and we kind of pull yeah. out snippets and weave them all together. That's obviously great. Um, I, I, you know, for a business like ours where we're not necessarily, you know, we're a business that's trying to sell something that's relatively expensive to a relatively limited subset of the business world. And so in that sense, our overall business and marketing strategy is more about you know, building relationships than necessarily about, you know, getting a hundred thousand people to watch the show. That would be really cool from like a brand perspective. I, I won't lie. That would be amazing. 
But the biggest value that we found is is the relationships that we've built. And when somebody on my team tells me, hey, I used your episode as the initial line in an email to reach out to somebody, and then we started a pretty good conversation and it might lead to something. That is to me the biggest metric of success. That's the real metric of success for a show like this. Yeah, I like that. I it's it's easy to get a little too caught up in just like the raw download numbers. Yeah. And the, and make that the sole measure of success, but I think especially in the way you guys are using podcasting, it's just one part of it. And like you say, it's it's the quality and depth of those relationships that you have to factor in along with or, yeah. along with the other stuff you mentioned, definitely. Not, so, not to mention what I'm learning by actually yeah. having these conversations too, because yeah. I don't ask the mm-hmm. questions idly either. I'm generally curious in the answers yeah. and I want to learn from other people that are in our space or adjacent to our space or that we could or have worked with. It's it's really valuable there too. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's important to note because even, even when someone you interview on the podcast doesn't become a client, right? And that's certainly, there's not going to be like a hundred percent conversion or right. anything close to it. It's still a win though right? You still get a lot of great content. You still learn something from smart people. You still develop yeah. the relationship that could pay off in all kinds of different ways. I, I don't know if you've done, if over the course of three seasons, 50 plus interviews, maybe. I, I, I don't think there've been too many where I was like, oh, I would have rather not done that interview. I think in yeah. every case, I've, I've probably learned something and make it a, make, to make it a valuable experience, even though, as you know, and as listeners probably hopefully know, it's a lot of work and it's a lot more work than just the conversation that they consume. You know, if it's a 30 yeah, minute sure. conversation that they're hearing me do, there was a lot more work that happened in the, in the lead up to that. And of course, if you're doing editing on the back end of that to make that yeah, yeah. Minute conversation consumable. Right. Well, we could have, a, we could have a whole other conversation <laughs> about kind of the more nuts and bolts of what actually yes. producing a podcast and how much work goes in behind the scenes. It tends to be more than, than I think people assume. Absolutely. But for now though, James, what's your advice for marketing teams who are wondering if they should take a step into the podcasting world. It's, I, I think you should absolutely do it for the reasons that we've said. Like if you, if you, if you feel like you're going to be measured, I think it's just about setting expectations. And so this is a summation of what I've already said, but if you're setting expectations properly that, okay, I'm not trying to create the next viral hit necessarily. That'd be a nice bonus. But initially what I want to do is a, just kind of figure out, how to make a show like this, B, start building some relationships and maybe just solidify the relationships that you already have. Don't even put too much pressure yeah. on yourself to be bringing in a bunch of leads. And, and, and maybe if you have a little bit of flexibility to then kind of see what little traction that you get and then just kind of drive towards that. If it's more about views, if it's more about downloads, if it's more about relationships or research, and then kind of lean into that aspect of the show as you go. I just think it's incredibly valuable because again, there's, there's no, there's nothing else I know of where I could reach out to a CEO of, or a CMO or a C-level person at almost any tech company now. Mm-hmm. And I could, I'm not saying that they would all say yes, but I think I could very legitimately ask them to be yeah. on the show, given the other guests that I could point to as also having been on the show. It would mm-hmm. not be a, it would not be a mistake for me to ask them that question. And I don't know of any other way to to build up that kind of credibility or have those conversations other than just starting to do it. Yeah. A lot of value there. That's, that's, I think that really speaks to the heart of the way I look at it. I think the way you look at it of why you do a podcast, 
that that's that's it right there. Now, when you're deep in the editing process, as, as I don't do as much editing anymore, I specifically actually structured the podcast as a live show so I wouldn't have to do it. But I used to yeah. do a lot of editing. When you're deep in the editing, or when you're booking your next one, or when it's when when you've got like I've I've got one that I'm trying to book. I've got one that is booked and I'm trying to prep for. I've got one that I actually have to do today. And then I've got one that I have to distribute and write the article. When there's like five in your head that you're juggling, maybe you would ask yourself, why am I doing a podcast? But I, (laughs) I, but I, again, I think it really comes down to the relationships and especially in this era where many people are still working remotely and there's not as much business travel. This is a networking tool. And you know, you and I just met you, you and I basically met because you invited me to be on this podcast. Exactly. And, and I'm, and I'm very happy to have met you and, and now we're part of each other's networks and who knows what will exactly. happen. That. It may not be tomorrow, but the ROI of this endeavor will at one point become clear. Apps. I have no doubt. Well, for now, James, the ROI for me is that we had a great conversation. Exactly. And, Indeed, and it was fun and I, and I learned something. So thank you. Well, thanks so much for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.